I think my big picture in revenue operations is that we should always be thinking about scale, right? Scale for our, our clients, for sales, customer, and marketing, but also scale for ourselves. So anything that we can automate away so that we can focus on high value activities is literally part of our job to do, right? We shouldn't be focusing on anything that's manual. This is Rev Ops Demystified, the number one most downloaded podcast in revenue operations. We invite the brightest minds in RevOps onto the show to deconstruct the what, why, and how behind rep productivity, forecasting, metrics, and all things revenue. This podcast is brought to you by Ebster, a revenue intelligence platform used to identify risk in the pipeline and score customer engagement. Hello and welcome to another very special episode of the RevOps Demystified podcast. And today we're joined by Itai Maus, Senior Director of Revenue Operations at Electric. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. So I'm not sure if you're aware, Itai, but you are actually the second guest from Electric we've had on the show. Really? Are you aware that Michelle came on ooh, almost two years now? Oh, Michelle's fantastic. I'm happy to she, hear that. She it was an awesome interview, really good. So um, great to have the second representative from Electric on the show, of course. Now, I want to first ask about your transition, obviously, from the world of SDR into ops, which I think happened around seven years ago. Sure. Yeah, happy to talk about that. So I had a bit of a weird uh, career before SDR where... Um, I had my series seven right in 2007, which was not a great move for, you know, obvious reasons, but then I did some, some sales at, um, kiosks in across the country where I was selling Dead Sea skincare products. And that was actually an enlightening experience. That was like sales boot camp, right? You're, you're on your feet 12 hours a day stopping people selling to them and you have to like kind of that was my first introduction to operations right how do you how do you do this without wasting energy you know maximize your money right you can either try to churn out these low dollar high probability sales or spend your time on these whales right like there, there's a lot of questions and so i started managing a kiosk and i, I really enjoyed that aspect of it but like you know i wanted to move on from the kiosk world, get a little bit more settled. So I moved to New York where um, I had a lot of roots because it's, you know, I'm from the tri-state area to begin with and got a job doing uh, AE work for this company called LifeBooker. And they are, they were a daily deal company during like the daily deal boom, made a ton of money, then everything kind of went down and um, I moved on eventually to become an SDR at this other startup. And like within a couple of months, I became an SDR manager. Really, that's what I was interested in. Like right from the start, I came in, I said, like, I want to build a team. 
And as I was building this team, I read Aaron Ross's predictable revenue and I, it clicked, right? Like, you know, you can, you can make this happen. And right around this time I was finishing, I was doing a second bachelor's degree in math and applied math. And I was like, okay, this sales ops stuff makes sense to me. And then um, I got a job at JustWorks doing sales operations. And, you know, I was there for, I think it's almost six years and grew from a very small one man sales ops shop to a giant, like 13 person rev ops team, biz ops team. Wow. Eventually. Yeah. Biz ops. So, so what other functions were you looking after aside from the re- like revenue functions? So I was the kind of the first person to, ex- to branch out from rev ops to biz ops. I don't know where they're at now. They probably expanded even more, but I was working with uh, people operations. I was working on implementing like a Jira service request board across the company. So any any team that had a request board, I would come in, implement the request board, implement the workflows, and just kind of make sure they snake throughout the business to where they needed to go. Got it. Awesome. And so coming up to today then, how, what is the extent of Electric's revenue operations function? How big is the team and how many reps slash service agents are you supporting? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I have only been at Electric for a few months. One of the reasons I came here was because of the team and the structure of the team. I think it's a very powerful core of, of people. One of them whom you know already, Michelle, who's our senior manager of sales operations. Um, and she has a team under her of two people right now. Um, and then we have our mark senior, our, our marketing operations manager, Blaine. Um, and she has two people under her right now. And we have our customer, op- a brand new customer operations manager, Stephanie, who has one analyst under her. And our tech operations, which I think is everything's kind of going through a rebrand in a little bit, but our tech ops manager is um, Taylor McEachern. And we have right now one um, Salesforce admin and with an, another opening. So we have these four groups, um, each with a manager with about two people or one or two people there. Got it. And they are all reporting to you. The managers are, and then their teams are obviously reporting into them. So I have uh, awesome. four people right now reporting into me. Um, which is the project or initiative that you're most excited about right now? The one I'm most excited about is really geeky, but um, we are putting the, in the infrastructure. The geekier, the better. <laughs> we are putting in the infrastructure to uh, make Salesforce basically um, into a you know, we're tr- trying to implement continuous delivery, continuous integration within Salesforce, um, you know, using only declarative automation, right? No Apex. So putting in version control and auto testing and Jira and on the Scrum and like all of the, you know, all of the infrastructure to be able to just like take in a request, build it and release it as quickly as possible. Wow. I mean, a few of the things that you said were like over my head, but it sounds great. It sounds like it's going to add a lot of efficiency. Yeah. You know, I think my big picture in revenue operations is that we should always be thinking about scale, right? Scale for our, our mm-hmm. clients, for sales, customer, and marketing, but also scale for ourselves. So anything that we can automate away so that we can focus on high value activities is literally part of our job to do, right? We shouldn't be focusing on anything that's manual. That's the gem. I think that's going to be the gem from this interview, isn't it? And it actually doesn't 
apply just to like RevOps teams. I think it applies to any knowledge worker. Like ideally you want to be always becoming more strategic and removing manual or work that you can just do very easily, whether that's automating it or giving it to someone else below you in the organization. So then you could be more strategic and start learning and doing higher value work. Is that like, is what I said essentially what you were saying as well? Yeah, I mean, those are the two major methods, right? Like things are happening that are inefficient. Ideally, you automate it. If you can't automate it, right, the way to scale it is to find the the right person who's got the most decision-making power and the most to gain from making that decision. And like the right, you know, a lot of the financial, everything is aligned, right? And you give them that job and automate as much of it as possible for them, right? Give them as much information as they can to make it and make it easy. But those are kind of the two methods, I think, to scaling processes that I think we use. Um, and the question is like, who should be doing this? Like, I definitely think sales and marketing and customer operations should think about how to do this. But at a certain point, once you get big enough, your efforts to do this on an individual basis kind of clash with each other, right? Like you need coordination and that's where revenue operation comes in. Is it, you know, we, we take the, use the next level of scale by coordinating those efforts among everybody. Thinking about scale. There's a great definition of what the RevOps team should be constantly focused on. And on that note, we're going to bring in Alex, who's going to go a little bit deeper. Thanks, Tom, and thanks for the time. Um, yeah, some really interesting pieces, so much that we could to, to dig into a bit further. Um, I just wondered if you wanted to talk about um, this project you said setting Salesforce up for continuous delivery. What it, can you just give us a bit more details about how you're, what you're sort of trying to transition away from and what you're trying to transition to? So I think what we're in right now is probably what most Salesforce teams are dealing with at companies of our size. I would say it's definitely what I dealt with at JustWorks. And it's, you know, kind of just the symptom of growing, right? Which is that you have a bunch of people doing Salesforce work. You might may or may not have a bunch of people doing operations work that have some level of involvement within, within the Salesforce environment, right? But the requests are coming in way faster than any type of capacity that you have, right? Whatever capacity you have, your requests are going to come in at double or triple that capacity, no matter how big that capacity is, right? So... The question is, how do you deal with it? The one, the capacity, and two, how do you prioritize correctly? And so I didn't really reinvent the wheel here, right? I looked at what prod-eng teams do, right? I looked at things like Scrum. I looked at things like Lean. I looked at things like Agile. And I was like, okay, we need to basically make a system with... Uh, I was thinking about the... I, you know, after reading the Toyota, man, uh, the machine that changed the world, the Toyota manufacturing uh, process, I love that idea, right? You have quality gates, right? You pokayoke, right? You go slow to go fast, right? So basically, it's an end-to-end process, and I'm babbling, I know, but it's an end-to-end process where you take a request and make sure that there's a quality gate before it can progress from ideation to build to release, right? And release includes all of the training and and operational things that you need to do to get adoption going, right? So a big part of that, that kind of doesn't work if you can't release things in Salesforce really quickly, right? Like, because what happens is you'll have a great scrum, you'll come up with like user stories, you'll be able to do all the prep work, and then things are sitting in a sandbox, 
And the more people that you have working in Salesforce, the bigger the conflicts. And there's this whole glut of extra work that happens. Um, and so, you know, the whole thing kind of goes away. Um, and, and so what we're trying to solve for is just how do you remove the manual testing that has to happen? How do you implement regression testing in the first place? Because we're not really doing a ton of that. We do it when we need to. And then how do you work with multiple Salesforce admins, potentially even including third-party Salesforce admins building different things, right? And so the idea is you have version control between the different environments and then auto-testing between the different environments. And it just takes a two-week process and makes it a day long, right? And then if you've done all that prep work and you know your requirements are good and you have tests that are aligned to requirements, then you can release things in, you know, in the blink of an eye compared to how you used to be able to do it. Oh, thank you. That was really helpful um, detail. And I think, yeah, particularly as, as you said, as, as companies grow and get to that size and things start creaking under all that work that's been done with some crossover, but often not full crossover. Um, and as you said, I'm doing it all not declaratively in Apex, so minimal conflicts, or, you know, testing through so you remove any conflicts. Um, yeah, no, just really interesting just to hear a little bit about that, that project, as particularly as you said, it was so dear to your heart. Um, I did have uh, one other question, something struck me that you said, you talked about RevOps bringing kind of coordination among the other kind of sort of ops departments. Um, do you, do you see it as, is that the, do you think the main goal in terms of it's, it's, um, it's just ensuring everything's working or is there, is there anything else sort of beyond that in terms of the collaborative effect of, solving problems on a sort of a business-wide level helps not just in the back the back end, but also sort of front-end customer experiences, if that makes sense as a question. So I would say the function that it's a function that it serves is that collaboration, right? I would say that the goal is back to what I said, right? Um, how do you bring in customers that are better, meaning that they last longer um, and uh, grow faster, right? How do you do it at a faster rate? And how do you do it for less money? That is our goal. And that is a business-wide goal, right? That's not anything that has to do with any one customer. Um, and if we're doing our job right, I think eventually we may or may not become obsolete, but like everything that we're doing is a scalable process. So it's all kind of very temporary. We shouldn't be inserting ourselves into um, any process that is you know, either revenue generating or, or otherwise. Right, no, thanks. That's, I think, yeah, really helpful in that. Seeing, yeah, pushing it, just pushing the whole business forward. And as you said, about the key piece of scaling. And I thought that was really helpful too, as, as Tom picked out, thinking about scaling um, internally. You know, we so often talk about scaling in terms of the business, but really thinking of, as Tom, whether it's yourself as an individual or you as a team, if you're a manager or a department or however it might be, thinking how, how can we at least scale the and um, what we're doing by, yeah by those things, making those efficiency savings, automation, uh, et cetera. So that was, again, a really helpful um, emphasis. Any, any sort of particular key things that you've, you've sort of used to kind of unlock those sort of efficiency savings? Any, any kind of tools in, that you use to, to find areas to sort of save most time and, and you know, to do that without um, kind of compromising quality and anything that's particularly kind of your learned tricks of the trade? Yeah, I mean, I think... I don't think there's an easy way to do it. Uh, I think there's some technology out there that I'd like to try, right? Most of what I've done to discover efficiencies, right, has been just 
trying to do root cause analysis, right? Um, often what you'll find is that if sales is experiencing one thing and CS is experiencing something else, if you dig deeply enough, there's a process issue that underlies everything. And I try to solve those process issues, but that's, you know, that's manual, that's interviewing, that's looking at data. That's, 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 that's there's no secret sauce there. Um, I think there is a secret sauce that I'd like to eventually try, which is uh, process mining, right? Which is basically you take every single step along any process, along any piece of software, and you turn it into a digital signature, and then you have some kind of AI that processes every single step along every process, right? And you can start seeing, okay, well, this is the ideal process. This is the happy path. 50% of our deals go through this. 20% diverge here, right? 30% diverge here. And this divergence costs us this amount of money. And so there's a bunch of tools out there that do that. I think this is the kind of tool that you don't just buy, right? Like you kind of have to be doing it before the tool is in place. So I'm not like in a big rush to, to, to implement one of these, but I am excited to see what happens once something like this may or like is in place, if we ever do it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm very, yeah, very interesting. And yeah, taking really sort of bringing the data, I suppose, into process. And you said that the power of computers to unlock, yeah. To, and scale up essentially what you can do with that as a human with a, with a brain and, and um, um, to really sort of dig in beyond that and, and to sort of analyze at that, yeah, that scale level. It would be very interesting to hear um, as yeah. and when you get to do that, how, how that goes. I think I read somewhere that, um, you know, the, the 19th century was about um, experimentation. The 20th century is about math. And the 21st centuries would be about computer power, right? So all this like math and analysis that we've been doing to try to figure out what the right answer is, is great. But we've all known that this is approximation and being able to just use raw computer power to get a better answer. I think it's not as elegant, right? It's, it's brute force, but we have, we have brute, brute force now. Why not use it? Yeah, absolutely. So final question from me, which is just, essentially to fl th throw the floor open to you um, and ask if you've got anything particularly that you'd like to share about revenue operations, anywhere you sort of think in terms of maybe the direction it's going, any particular interesting discoveries you've sort of made or, or kind of personal theories, hot takes, whatever you might want to call it. Um, so over to you. Yeah, I'm happy. Um, so I think one thing that I hear a lot about um, in the RevOps community, so to speak, is this idea of RevOps becoming a strategic function, right? Um, and strategy is one of those words that is, is hard to nail down. Like, like, what is a strategy? You talk to different people about it. There's, there's a bunch of different definitions. I'm not really always sure what I think strategy is. But um, I think for me, I've been talking about it a lot and I kind of just want to put a pin in it and, and a name, put a name on it, which is that um, strategy is a set of choices that are interconnected. And I'm getting this from a book called Play to Win. So I'm not coming up with this myself. Um, it's a set of choices that are interconnected that, that are directed at helping you win, right? And I think in my mind, you start with the winning aspiration, right? Which is something like getting better clients faster or cheaper, right? Like, and then... You, you make all the decisions. Where do I play? How do I win? What do we need to have in place uh, in terms of competencies? What are our management structures, right? Um, and the most important thing, I think, is, is choosing what not to do. And I think 
if you're going to do revenue operations seriously, you have to think about always be thinking about scale, right? Do not do anything that doesn't scale. And oh, that's how you win. You always make the choice, even if it's the harder choice to do something that takes longer and is more expensive to scale. Um, and I think that's what I think being strategic in sales ops means, or in rev ops means is, you know, having your eye on the prize of scale, making the right choices, the hard choices to figure out how do we scale and not getting caught up in other tactical uh, decisions or, or distractions. Um, and that might be a different definition for everybody else, right? That's my definition, but that's how I think you, you become strategic as a rev ops, which I think is a big question these days is, is what does that mean? Thanks very much. Um, Tom, do you want to come back and join us and wrap up? Yep. Final question. Who in the world of RevOps would you most like to take for lunch? Um, Errol Tober from, uh, from Truly, uh, co-founder of Truly.io. Uh, we've had a couple conversations and I think he's incredibly smart. I think everything that he says, I agree with. Um, and I'd love to meet him for lunch and just you know, have a conversation with him. Amazing. So what was that name again? Sorry. It's Errol. E-R-O-L. Um, I really hope I'm getting this name right because I <laughs> Of my head, T O K E R. He's the yeah. he's a co-founder of Truly.io. Truly.io, um, awesome. And they're not paying me or anything. I think it's a, it's a mm. great tool and associated with process mining, which I was talking about earlier. So, um, if you want like to dip your toes into what that world is, that might be a good a good place to start. Amazing. I think we got some some sweet insights, right, Alex? But for me, it was still a thing you mentioned in my segment. I'm sorry, Alex, <laughs> about the you're like. Because it's just really relevant for like for any knowledge work, I think, which is the we should always aim, especially in RevOps, to be more strategic by pushing more routine manual tasks away to be automated or to be responsible by someone else. So that was my core insight. Alex, would you like to share one? Yeah, no, I think I agree. I think it it, it rode through what you said. And, and I think it was really helpful to get the extra level to think a little bit about the strategy. How, how do you do that? And yeah, because often there's this tens of hundreds of things that you could go and automate. So again, how, play, as you said, it's talking about playing to win. So where, where's the where's the right place to start putting that all under a process? And that certainly sparks some thoughts in my head about how, how do you actually go and iterate through that. But yeah, it gave an interesting framework to work with. Yeah, Amazing. thanks so much. Itai, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your, your wisdom with the RevOps world. Yeah, happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of RevOps Demystified. If you're listening on a podcast listening application, please follow, rate, and review the show. And if you have any questions about the show, can recommend a guest or just want to learn more about RevOps or Ebster, hit us up at podcast at ebster.com.